You're listening to The Omni Show, where we connect with the amazing community surrounding The Omni Group's award-winning products. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we hear how Randy J. Hunt uses OmniFocus. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of The Omni Show. My name's Andrew J. Mason, and today we're talking to Randy J. Hunt, which I'm pretty sure having J as a middle initial just makes it an amazing conversation to begin with. (laughs) Uh, Randy's an executive, artist, musician, and writer, and from my experience, heck of a nice guy. He served as head of design at Grab, head of design at Artsy, and VP of design at Etsy, and Randy's the author of Product Design for the Web. And he's currently chief product officer at Morning, a coffee tech company. You can check that out at drinkmorning.com. Randy, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Randy, there's always the propensity from people like me to give like a two to three minute soundbite bio that's really largely career based. And I have a feeling that you're much more than just, you know, the two or three sentences about your career. Can you give us a little bit more of uh, about yourself, your current reality and where you find yourself? Oh, sure. Well, I'm a I'm an American designer. It's probably the good two word summary currently living and working in Singapore. But, you know, I come from a generally sort of creative background. Parents were creative and kind of tinkerers and makers, both in a hobby, sometimes profession. And I was a musician before I got into design and technology was always around. My dad was an electrical engineer turned software engineer. And so gadgets and gizmos, computers and software tools were kind of always present whenever we were doing other creative stuff. And I think that's really just kind of informed my, how my life works in a way. So as I moved through other sort of creative or professional pursuits, tools and technology that both enable them, but also manipulating the tools and technology as part of the creative practice has been something really present in my life. And then where that channeled itself professionally as I end up working on both sort of software product design, brand design, experiences in any other commercial setting. And for me, that's been a lot of multi-sided marketplaces online. I love commerce. I love small businesses. And that's probably been one of the strongest through lines in my professional life, probably 15 plus years now of working on marketplaces. Yeah. And always through a design lens and always in this kind of blurring of, blurring of maybe the art and science and blurring of the, the brand, the product, the business mechanics. I'm happiest when things are kind of in the messy in between. So really, I've made up a rule. I'm not actually sure if it's true 100% or not, but I tell everybody that when you're doing an interview show, the host gets to have at least one selfish question. And following a little bit of your career track and seeing how you've seen some success with really great organizations, I think I remember you saying at one point something to the effect of, I feel really lucky in life because what I love to do and what I'm good at happen to be the same thing. And uh, for anybody that's out there that either they're really, really good at something, but they're not necessarily passionate about it, or they really love to do something, but they just haven't found that alignment that awards them in a professional context. Can you speak a little bit to how that's worked out for you or any any lessons or or ideas that you've been able to draw from that? Oh, wow. (laughs) Sorry. No, this is great. It's an important question because I know it's I know it's relevant. I mean, I have. I would have that same question for someone else or something, I'm, I'm sure. So I don't position myself as like an expert there or something. But I, why I laugh is because maybe it's hard to articulate. I would say some of the things that seem to somehow have been most effective for me or choices that work 
have been largely intuitive, which is a very unsatisfying answer to, you know, it's not like here's the step one, two, three I did, or here's this big important question. And when I answered it for myself, I flipped to the other side and everything crystallized and made sense. I think a lot of what I do is I try to, it's, oh, it's going to sound so corny. One, I try to be genuinely helpful to other people. And I believe in a kind of a, it's a little bit like pay it forwardy, karma-y. I have found that when I give generously to others, it comes back or it feels like it comes back. I don't know, I don't measure it, but I feel like, you know, the universe returns to me good stuff. So I try to be helpful or give towards things with no expectation of specific return. And I feel like that has maybe over time attracted people. And then those people are like the bridges to opportunities and things. So the people trust you over time. And then when you want to, when you have an idea to do something that aligns well with your interests, they're more likely to say yes. And I, they, you know, that's me reflecting on, this isn't a calculated choice. Oh, if I'm nice, to, if I'm nice to people for two decades, then one day when I want to pursue my creative, you know, passion, somebody will be like, yeah, we'll pay you for that song. Like, no, not like that, but rather that maybe over time, trying to show up that way consistently has allowed me to like have a community that's sizable enough. I don't mean like have some massive following or anything like that. I just mean like valuable, enough valuable relationships that when I have different interests, needs, questions, pursuits, I kind of bounce between my crew of people and there's enough to kind of propel things to the next stage or something like that. You know? Hmm. That's incredible. And, th and thank you. Um, speaking of generous for that generous answer, that's huge. And hopefully somebody will find some inspiration there out of that. Tell me if you remember years ago, however long it's been, do you remember the first time you came across the Omni Group as a company or more specifically as one of their software crossed your path and you were introduced to them? Do you have any recollection of when, when that was? Yeah, well, so I have a recollection of kind of the, maybe the brand and the group that predates for sure when I started using the tools because I've, I've, now this may be wrong, you could correct my facts, but I feel like it was probably OS nine days or something when I first encountered, yeah, Omni Group, probably because of Omni Graffle maybe. And, you know, I was kind of early-ish in my sort of graphic design part of my career and I think those tools were around or they were at the store where we go buy boxed software or something like I just kind of remember the name existing and in the Mac software world it's still kind of true today even relative to other things but you know back then it felt if you were to walk into the software shop at the local shopping mall or something like that there was 14 racks of Windows software half a rack of some stuff for some other oddball OS's and maybe one rack for Mac OS. So if you're a fan of Apple computers, you kind of knew everything that was on that shelf, you know, because <laughs> if you went to that store once a month, my recollection is that Omni Graffle probably was, was like one of those things. So it'd been in my mind for a long time. And then I started using OmniFocus after I think reading, getting things done. This probably would have been for me around 2000, maybe the first time I tried, these dates might be wrong, but it might've been like 2000, like seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. And so I had this interesting relationship with it. So one, I like opinionated software. I love this kind of, um, the software is not trying to do everything for everybody. It's got a particular thing. It's actually, um, the software is a reflection of a mindset. And if you have that mindset, then the software becomes an extremely powerful tool for you because they're interlinked. I have found just like a few times over that 
when that is true, you feel really like supercharged. The kind of like the bicycle for the mind promise really like comes out, you know? And I used OmniFocus maybe like once or twice or sort of like tried to, you know, I downloaded some like seven or 14 day trial or whatever this might've been like back then. And was like, it felt too complicated. I don't know. There's something about it. I felt like I couldn't quite get in the groove of it. And so it wasn't fitting like behaviors and software weren't intermingled. And then I think it was a third time I tried it and I did this thing I sometimes do, which is rather than using the free trial, I just like paid for it, which I always appreciated too, that Omni felt like it was charging a fair price to me, which I mean, it was charging more than other people. But to me, that always felt reasonable because I was like, this is a, what I perceived as like a small to medium sized software company. And I'm like, I like people to get paid for their, what they make. You know, I want this thing to be around. I don't need dollar a month software, right? I'd rather have fewer, better things in my life. So I like that idea in general. I kind of admired and respected it. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to buy it. Forget the trial. I'm going to buy it. And by spending the money, I'm committing myself to it. Like I, I want to get the value out of it now. I'm not like demo moding it. And so I really committed to taking the sort of getting things done methodology, applying it. So I had like the mindset, applying it in OmniFocus, which to me, you know, the sort of top line feature set was like a really strong match to the getting things done methodology. And I just tried to like use it every day. I stopped any other way of keeping track of things I wanted to do. By the time I was like three or four weeks into that exercise, I've just used it almost every day of my life since. It's like every time there was a new, you know, like, hey, we're releasing an iPad version and you need to pay for it. I was like, sure, no big deal. Because that's so ingrained in my life. You know, the value seems so strong when you use something that frequently. It's like, would you question a, a pair of shoes or the, like if you're wearing the sneakers every day, you know, like you just get such daily use value out of it. And so, yeah, I just started using it. First, probably it was really in a professional context where most of my like tasks seemed to exist. But quite quickly, I, it expanded to just kind of being all consuming in my life. So I have very like long running projects that get reviewed at long intervals that are almost like chipping away at life goals. And then I have other things that are like, remember to bring in the extra shoes from outside. A little chore around the house that, you know, my wife asked me to help clean up some stuff. I didn't want to forget. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting you say that because I think we all, whenever we're on this kind of a journey, realize that you don't need it until you do. And when life's responsibilities start to expand or there's just more to keep track of than you can consciously keep in your head at any given time and things start kind of falling out the backside of your head, uh, you realize you need something. And... Tell me more about what areas of focus you might have that are tracked in OmniFocus. Is it just one slice of your life or is it the entire gamut? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny. I almost use it. So I view them all as like tasks, right? They all have kind of like an action to do, but some of them, maybe for other people, might almost feel like a bookmark you'd keep or something like that or some kind of reminder. So for example, I have one of the tags I use. I create tags for people in my life. And when I have an idea of a good gift for that person, I tag it to them. So I have like a gifts project and then they're tagged to people. And that allows me to basically, you know, the action is to like buy the gift or to like give the gift. But sometimes they're on a long, you know, they're on a long arc. It might come up, becomes irrelevant two years later. Oh, they've got a birthday coming up or they're, you know, they just accomplished something or you're just thinking of them and you want to do something like, I knew I thought of something cool for that friend. But to me, they're all action oriented and I kind of, you know, I don't look at those frequently. They're more like ones I go seek out, right? So they're not like showing up in my like review uh, queue at a frequent interval. I have many projects that are work and professional related. 
And I, I often create in parallel for myself in the professional context, the same information architecture and nomenclature as I would like at a job or something. So let's say, you know, I was leading a big software company out here in Southeast Asia for a while. Then we would use like an OKR process to like manage priorities and stuff inside the company. And I would kind of create a folder and create projects that matched each one of those OKRs in OmniFocus so that I could organize my own actions in that same way for that professional context. But then now I'm not in that context, like I'm not using that same thing. So I kind of like adapt subsets of it so I could match between OmniFocus, which to me feels just like an extension of my brain and the more shared way of organizing activities that's happening like in a group of people. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to that person that is just getting started either with OmniFocus or something as broad as task management? How do, how do you advise somebody if they need any go-to first tips or tricks? Like what's your go-to advice for somebody that's just kind of getting their head around? I need something more. Mm. One is to just put everything in one place. That's why like, you know, when I describe how I use that, sometimes it can sound funny because you're like, it might literally be like buy socks. And then it's, you know, like, like what, do you really need to put that in your, you know, in the same thing that's, you know, reminding you to clean up the notes for a coaching conversation for a member on your team. You're like, do these things belong in the same thing? And for me, like, yes, that's kind of the point, like everything in one place. The other, which I suppose is like the next step or something, was just to stick with it. I think that, you know, I get more value. I've gotten more value out of it the longer I've used it and putting everything in one place and sticking with the program is where the value like reveals itself, at least in my own experience. Not like now that I've got all the to do's in one place, like ta-da, now I get everything done in my life. Definitely not. You know, there's like way too many things on that list and there's stuff I snooze forever and things I end up just deleting and never doing, but sticking with the program is really powerful. And so then maybe like, what is the program? You know, for me, I review things every, I look at my inbox every morning, but I also look at my inbox whenever I kind of have some downtime and I feel like doing that, you know, so it might be like in the day, I know that I maybe added some things, but I'm like on a commute or something, I'll just pop up and categorize my inbox quickly. So I keep that clear. And then I sit down and do the reviews whenever, you know, whenever the reviews tell me I need to do reviews. And then I basically keep OmniFocus open all the time, like on my laptop or something, you know, it's kind of my personal operating system in a way, you know, so I'm always referring to it. I'm constantly like adding and checking out of it or checking things off, adding things to it. And I think that was really helpful too. Like I live with the list. It's not like I make the list and then like, I've written everything down and tomorrow I'll come back and like go over my tasks. Hmm, this is really surprising to me. I've had the honor of interviewing a lot of people about how they use productivity. And you're one of the few that I've talked with that said, the one I started with is the one I've stuck with. And I, you know, even I've fallen victim to the shiny new feature syndrome where some software will come out and it promises to change everything. And, and the, the downside I don't see is however much of your life that's invested in the other software, there, there's a chunk of your brain missing from 2012, <laughs> 2012 to 2013 because it's all in there and, and I haven't migrated it over. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've had that experience a few times where I get the shiny, shiny tool thing. Of course, my approach, I like everything in one place is I was kind of like double tracking it in a way, which is just super tedious and not a good use of anyone's time. But what I found was that, again, because it's kind of the, it's about this like opinionated or opinionated enough, you know, for sure to me, permanent focus feels opinionated, but it's also very flexible. Like you can use parts of it anyway. Like, I mean, you can use tags however you want. They're tags, right? It's very like kind of amorphous thing. But 
what I found was that other things I tried were less opinionated or I had to do like effort again to kind of make it the same as OmniFocus. You know, like, you're like, how would I use this the same way? Like the way of using it was working so well for me. But the fact that this other tool that popped up, which maybe had like a feature that was appealing in the moment or something, all I was trying to do was just use OmniFocus basically. You know, like the behaviors were the same and I'm like, why change? Just silly. Like why have another tool? Yeah. Randy, tell me how you use perspectives. OmniFocus offers the ability to kind of slice data however you want to in a way that makes sense to you. So if it's tags or date-based or show me only the information that's in these folders, you can kind of create these shortcuts to, to data that makes sense in a way that you, you like to look at it. Uh, do you do any of that? I have in the past. Hmm, what were they even? I think the only custom thing I use right now, or it's, I don't even know if I made it custom or I just... It's one of the existing ones, but that's not by default exposed in the UI is I often go back to the recently changed one because, because I use it so frequently. Sometimes there's something that actually, you know, there might've been a note in it that I forgot about in some context I wanted to refer to it, you know, or also sometimes I might like accidentally close, I accidentally check something off, you know, I'm constantly using the tool that there's things like that. I might've like mistapped or got distracted on my laptop or something. So having that one really handy, I can be like, oh. Yeah, that was that, you know, because I might be like, hey, send so-and-so this link to this article might be like a task I have for myself. And then I send it and then I'm like, oh, someone else would also like that. I realize, you know, an hour from now, where was that link again? So I go back to the recently changed ones and I can find it like easily. <laughs> I really love this story arc that I'm hearing emerge from your use case, Randy, where it's like disciplined use of the tool is actually what ensures that you have success with the tool. So it's one of those things where just because can is available doesn't mean it should. And so you figured out what you should use. And it's not necessarily every feature, but the features are there that you need. It makes me feel like I already know the answer to the next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> do you do any automation? And that can be as complex as, you know, JavaScript or plugins uh, or as simple as a repeating task. Yes. So I do. Okay. I do repeating tasks. The most common ones are for people I want to talk to in my life. So I have these reminders to like call, email, message people. And like certain intervals, so it pops up in the thing. Reminds me to reach out and say hi or check in on them, see how they're doing. I also use, not automation, but like I basically have these like template projects I use for things that happen inconsistently, but like that happened multiple times, but not in regular intervals. So example, I have like a, a template project that's all for like packing for a trip. And it's the list of like all the stuff I need to make sure I got, you know, my adapters, or I got enough pairs of socks. Or the first thing is to like check the weather and count the number of days, you know? So I've got all the tasks in a bucket and it totally lowers my stress and anxiety. Anytime there's a trip, I just open up the project. I usually do it on my iPad, actually. So I open up the project. I'm focused only on that. I kind of like carry it around my bedroom or house and it's like really easy to kind of like tap that while I'm grabbing my stuff. I use the feature where I email in. So I email to my sort of like Omni address uh, stuff where I email. I use that very frequently. And then I also use the feature in iOS where it basically sucks in from the OS like reminders app. Because sometimes I'll, I'll dictate to Siri a thing. I'll be like, remind me to do this or something and then it ends up in my inbox and I'm going to focus. So I love using that. I, I like to work while I walk a lot or something. I go on like long walks and stuff. And so sometimes it's just easier to like dictate a thing than type it in. So I, I use that. Uh, fairly frequently, yeah. <laughs> Randy, I feel like you're the uh, anti-power user 
power user where you're seeing a lot of success with what you're doing, but you don't have, you know, OmniFocus hooked into Fantastical, hooked into agendas, and it spits out something into Obsidian. Like it's just, it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just hear a lot of calm surrounding it where it's, it's disciplined, but it's moving forward. Yeah. I, I used to do lots of things like that, not only with OmniFocus, but other things, but I, I think that I've just, um, maybe I've felt the pain enough over, you know, a couple of decades of those systems become fragile. That's been my experience. You know, there's three things linking together. And then that middle thing, you know, goes from being a free service to a paid server. So that middle thing changes the integration, but I'm not trying to spend my time integrating tools, right? You're like, oh, I got to spend a Saturday morning to like solve this a different way. Or like now it's in Zapier or whatever it might be. I've kind of lived through some of those things. It's the same, you know, if you're, I don't know, if you were involved in like, you know, the WordPress community back in the day or something. You're like, oh, great. This like plugin will solve that problem. And then you're like, oh, I've got like 14 interrelated plugins. And then like one of them, you know, doesn't support the new PHP. And you're like, well, there goes a week. <laughs> so I just really like to, I just prefer to keep the stuff as simple as possible and then only integrate when it's like the pain threshold's like too high. But I used to be different. I used to be like quite fun. I'd be like, oh, I can puzzle all the stuff together. I don't feel the need for most things now. That's not, that's true of OmniFocus, but it's true of like lots of parts of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Randy, tell me about, is there anything in your journey that you have experienced that could be instructional for somebody who maybe isn't quite where you are yet? So uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a failure, but had I had the opportunity to do that over again, I probably wouldn't have done it this way. Yeah, it does bridge pretty well. I think I went down a path at some point of trying really hard to like get something like a the task list and base camp to sync over to my OmniFocus or something like that. You know, at a time when I was working in a professional environment that we were using Basecamp to be the primary project management tool. But I came back to things like that a few times. And I, I think that ultimately not really necessary, at least for my purposes. The other is I think trying to find a way to make OmniFocus more than a one person experience. There's been a couple of times where I bumped into that and be like, you know, what would be great is I could just like share this task with my wife. I've come around to just feel that that's, I think of it as an extension of my brains. And so it's personal in that way. That makes it really powerful. And I have that mental model of it. It also has the limitations that come along with that, which I just accept. Meaning like someone can't add other things into my brain. You know, it's just, it's not shared. It's an extension of me. And that's fine. I've managed the threshold between it and other stuff. And that's okay with me. I think that's a really honestly good way to look at that, where it's this mental model of a second brain. You're able to externalize your thought from a privacy standpoint and just from a free flowing freedom of thought standpoint, where you are able to get the information in there that, that you need to without worrying about anything. The flip side of that's really funny too. Uh, David Allen used to always have this anecdote where he would put something, he wasn't sure how something got into his inbox. He didn't remember having that thought or having anybody put that there. And then over time he found out that it was his wife, Catherine, starting to seed some ideas that he needed to have or needed to act on. It was her subtle way of, of nudging him. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. The other thing I think is maybe it's not about the software, but it's, it is like the sort of behavior while I put everything in it, in a way it's worked much better for me. And I've observed like myself and others have a challenge when I don't do this, which is to treat it more like a flow. Like, I think you can get tripped up by being like, even though I put everything in it, I don't need to add all the tasks. Like if I did something else that never made it in, it doesn't need to be a record of everything I've done. I guess that's the thing. If you treat it as a record of what you've done. At least for me, that too, so you're just like too backward looking. It's like I use it as a tool to shape how I spend my time now, not as like a record of how I've spent my time in the past or something. 
Randy, this has been a really great conversation. Really honored to have you as a guest on our show. And if any of you are interested in connecting with Randy or his world or what he's up to, you can head to randyjhunt.com. Randy, this has been an absolute honor. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, likewise. A lot of fun. Thank you. Hey, and thank all of you for listening today, too. You can drop us a line on Twitter at The Omni Show. You can also find out everything that's happening with The Omni Group at omnigroup.com slash blog. <laughs>